hey, here we are for yeah. another one more episode of The Wrap. 59. Jeez. This is the number. It's crazy. It feels yeah. like just yesterday we turned 50. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be turning 60 next week. Oh, yeah. man. So crazy. So crazy. Hey, I have to. So, what's the gift for 60th anniversary? Boy, I don't know. Let me look, kind of look at it up real quick, and you just like maybe we'll we'll look, kind of just ran, randomly yeah. ramble here. And we're also celebrating not we like as in the two of us, but there is a celebration coming up. At, I mean, even in fact, as people may be watching this in the moment, if they watch it on a Saturday, if they don't, then that's fine. We love you whenever you watch the rap. Um, but it's my little Brylan's birthday Aww. on Saturday. On Saturday. On Saturday, big four. Four. The big four. You know. <laughs> Not quite 60, but four. Okay, so if she, and, and, and if, if anybody has actually talked with Brylin, you would swear she is three going on like 16 10 or 15, yeah. you know? Yeah. She, she's a talker. She's something else. Yeah. She is Four years else. old, that doesn't seem old enough. Yeah, she got And yet I'm sure to you it doesn't seem... It yeah, seems too old. It seems like it's going yeah. too fast. Yeah. It is for all three of them. And uh, somebody sent a really, church member sent a really sweet card this week. And, oh, Brylin, you're so full of life and mm. such a fun little girl to be around. And I look across and I go, they don't write me nice notes like that. <laughs> You've not gotten the so, note saying you're, you're so a fun of, little girl to, you're to so be around? You're so spunky and full of life, Ryan. <laughs> no. Just like... Pretty shorter, Ryan. Please, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, the 60th anniversary gift, by the way, it yes. is the diamond oh whoa we went from cheap to expensive right <laughs> we there. went from ten, <laughs> we went from tinfoil of diamond just like that i was hoping it was i really could i was hoping it was something i could pick up at dollar general to be honest with you, you but a fake diamond. No, no, okay. it's yeah, a fake right. diamond so I, i'm really interested though by the way now that we're on that the 75th anniversary is that mm. platinum maybe what i don't know i don't know like all every why why am i not getting anything here <laughs> search 75th anniversary gift is, oh, I was off. 70th is platinum. Okay. 75th is also diamond as well and gold. Oh, so. You got to put okay. them both together, wow. I guess, at that point. Wow. You get the I whole ring. Then, I don't huh? get it. I don't get why there are two diamonds there, but you got to do diamond gold on 75th, platinum yeah. 70th. It has nothing to do at all with what no, we're talking about not today. not at all. But well, was, kind of. We could, we could, we could put this together. Because our story today takes place in a very rich dynasty. Uh, Dallas? Dynasty, no. Dallas? <laughs> a very rich kingdom. Kingdom. The kingdom yes. of Persia. Persia. It sounds so opulent, doesn't it? It does. Well, By the way, I mean, the book we're talking about, Esther, right, it opens with a six-month-long banquet. By the way, I mean, imagine that, right? Hey, we're, we're, yeah. yeah, we won't be here for half the year because we're going to go party with yeah. the king. Yeah, And, and then, then after that, they, they ended what? with a party. They ended like a week-long party, don't they? they like did. six months, we had to tack another week on to yeah. it. Now, now, that being said, I, I've, I've read some of the commentaries on that. When, what it, they called that six-month banquet was kind of a meeting of the minds, they think, for okay. an attack on Greece. Okay. So it was kind of a strategic planning seminar Strategic planning summit, seminar. If you will. That really sounds <laughs> very. Yes. Anyway, by the way, I was just uh, I, I let our vocab word of the day out there. If you didn't mm. hear that, opulent. Opulent. I, if I told you this before, the kids watch a show called Dude Perfect, and they do overtime, and they do it like a vocab word, like like of the day. Opulent, folks. Word of the day, opulent. And this is a great word, by the way, too. Ostentatiously. Mm. 
ostentatiously rich and luxurious or lavish. And that would certainly describe the Persian kingdom yes. of this time under King Xerxes. Which, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie 300, watch it. Xerxes was a bad dude. I don't really know if he was that way in life, but I assume that he probably was not a, like a super nice gentleman when it came to warfare. Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that was his biggest thrust was war. Yeah, I mean, all of those guys, whether it be Assyrian, Babylonian, Persian, any of those things, those those were massive and dominant kingdoms. Yeah. You don't get that way by being Mr. Nice Guy back in that day. It was yeah. very bloody. It was brutal. It was brutal. Um, but King Xerxes also, too, and I do believe this. Now, I don't believe the Persians were the brutalist of the brutal. No. But I think they were still No, brutal. I think the Assyrians yeah. were pretty nasty. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode, <laughs> the, the, the Assyrian episode. <laughs> Anyways, um, if you, like, no, all kidding aside, if you watch the movie 300, I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've never seen the movie. Um, yeah. King Xerxes in that movie is depicted as a man who is very godlike, um, very arrogant. Uh, Xerxes in that movie, and I don't know about in real life, I haven't done enough study, believed to be a very tall man, a very large man, a very imposing man. Um, but you get it in the movie 300 that they're very, very opulent. There's that word a second time. You have to use it twice. Um, just all kinds of gold, all mm -hmm. kinds of jewelry, all kinds of everything. Well, it fits so. with the account we see in the Bible because that week-long extravaganza, after the six-month-long extravaganza, they had gold goblets that were each uniquely and made. Like you sit on couches that are made of like mother of pearl or something. Something, something like, like that. Poor, like, poor, poor no, I think that was the floor that was mother of pearl. I don't know. That's insane. Like it was insane. Yeah. yeah. Let's just suffice it to say And he that, did it just to show off. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, why yeah. wouldn't you if, you if you had that kind of wealth? <laughs> got it, flaunt it, right? <laughs> and you were living a worldly life. Be like, yeah, you, you flaunt yeah. it. If yeah. you got it, flaunt it. Exactly. So we are set up in this story of it being uh, like a very lavish kingdom. Hmm. Um... So here's the deal. Um, everything on Sunday revolved around. My guy here again was preaching, so we're going to just kind of rely on him. I'm going to question you a little bit, interview you a little bit mm. about Esther. Uh, but the whole seat. thought, like we're not going to bury the lead here at all. The whole thought of the morning was all about the faith and the action of two plus one. Right. Understand those two people are Esther herself Mordecai, who really is the man behind the scenes that's getting everything done. Right. And there's also another one who behind the scenes who's ultimately sovereign and working in all things, God himself. Right. When I, by the way, when I think of that title, The Faith and Action of Two Plus One, you remember those cheesy 80 commercials where it's like, the faith and action of two plus one, ah, like they jump like that. <laughs> we, we totally need to have like a song <laughs> like that. Don't you think it feels like yes, that? Yes, yes, yeah, I it's can just, see that. It's just like one of the cheesy... It's like a Wrigley's gum commercial or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It just has that cheesiness to it. But I Double love... mint gum. Yes. Yes. I just... I love that cheesiness. Yeah. I'm glad you knew her talking about where that looked really... <laughs> it probably looked really funky anyways, but at least you were like with uh, me and tracking like... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So what in, in your time of studying and then you preach on Sunday and you talk about Esther and it's, you know, it's... That's a longish book, you know, so it's like hard. Like how do you... How do you boil all of that book down <laughs> to just a moment in time or a phrase? And like, what did you really take away from the story of Esther? Yeah, I think the takeaway that I always get from Esther and in reading it, and interestingly enough, it's, it's one of the two books of the Bible that doesn't mention God at all. Yes. But you see God at work so 
much in this book. And the other one is? Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. Yep. And it's just a love story. So. It's just a love story. So. <laughs> but yes. But yeah, so I think, I think what Mordecai tells Esther kind of sums up the book is, who knows, maybe you've been put here for such a time as this. Yeah. You know, and, and it really brings out the sovereignty and the plan that God works out. Yeah. You know, and we see the, the faith of Mordecai coming through when Mordecai says, you know, regardless of what you decide, God's will is going to be done. Basically is what he says. He doesn't say Basically. God's will. Hey, but sis, he says, Hey, sister, we'll, do what I tell you to right. do. But if you don't, somebody else will. Someone's going to do it, but it won't fare well for you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you but cut you yourself that, out of this plan. You well, think that you might be able yeah. to hide here in right. a palace and hide your identity, right. and it's going to come out. It always comes out. I, I'm reminded of the story of, of Moses mm. um, in Egypt. Um, I don't know. I think I was watching the movie, and again, it's not like a great depiction of the whole Egyptian Exodus kind of thing, but um, I think it's called Exodus, Gods and Kings. Christian Bale is in it. It's supposed to be some really poor depiction of like all that stuff. But one thing that really struck me in that um, was kind of this attempt of Moses to keep quiet his true mm -hmm. identity. And obviously... His sister knew about it, um, but like not many other people probably knew about that. Um, and I just think about that the same way with Esther is like, more like, fine, go ahead, but it always finds you out. Your identity yeah, will yeah. always come, come true. But I do, I like that. That line really is kind of like the line of Esther, and it's like that's that's a made for Hollywood kind of line. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and, and I brought out you know I was talking this Sunday how it really feels like a movie plot. Yeah. Like it could be on the Hallmark Channel. I swear it could. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's one of those like um, mystery thriller type movies yeah. where like you don't get to see the full picture until the very end. And then you're like. Oh, That's how that that came together. Like yeah. I should have seen this all the way along yeah. the way that this was going to happen. And it's kind of hard because guess what? We know the book of Esther really well. I've probably heard umpteen sermons on it and so we kind of lose a little bit of the wonder of it and a little bit of the surprise mm -hmm. of it but if you could just like imagine living that in the moment and having oh, everything yeah. erased from your yeah. mind that you know about it and you're just like the whole way along you're like this does not look good can you imagine mordecai and how he felt when it came out that haman was trying to kill him and haman was the one who had to parade him through town yeah. and celebrate him this is a great moment uh haman was also killed with the same instrument that he was going to kill Mordecai. And, and thinking of how Mordecai felt when he, I mean, I'm sure he, he knew what happened, right? How would he have felt that, like, whoa. Yeah. You know, God's looking out for me. It's heavy. That's deep. Yeah. That's, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say, like, a, like okay, Mordecai was a stand-up guy that, like, when Haman was impaled on that, you know, that, that stick or hung on the gal, like, he was, he was like, oh, I really hate to see it. There might have been a little bit of him been like, oh, boy. I, I got to admit, I'd been like. Sorry about you. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been feeling sorry, too sorry not, for him. Sorry, not Amen. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but there's got to be a lot of emotion in that. Mm. Like, that was, made for, that was made for me. That realization of my life's been spared. Yeah. You know. Which, again, we do this, like, every single week, but you can't miss in that. Like, there's certainly a bit of poetic justice mm -hmm. to someone wanting to kill and eradicate the Jews, specifically Mordecai. He just has it out for Mordecai. Um, and in the end, 
what the instrument of death that was made for him, somebody takes his place. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hello, I mean, don't <laughs> don't miss yeah. what that's all about. Now, obviously, it breaks down at a certain point because Haman is a nasty, vile, right, right. despicable guy uh, who is full of sin and hatred and envy. Uh, Not they, to mention a lot of, well, there's one arrogant uh, man. Oh, jeesh. But then you have then you have Jesus himself who didn't deserve it. Didn't in any sense deserve this instrument of death, and yet he took our place. He took yeah. our place. Yeah. You know that was that was an instrument of death that was made and tailored for us, right? And for our sinfulness. And Jesus says, "I'll I'll take that. Yeah. I'll go." Yeah. So you can't miss that either in the story of Esther. And again, like you said, God's name is not mentioned once, but his fingerprints are all over oh, it. Especially, over. I think, in that moment there where, again, like that was heavy for Mordecai and emotional to be like, that could have been me. Yeah. That, that probably should have been me. And I just, through all of these, especially this volume that we've been going through, Jonah, mm-hmm. Daniel, Esther, Next week we talk about Nehemiah. It's it's uncanny to me how all of them are connected together yeah, yeah. through that theme and that thread of sovereignty of right. God. Um, and one phrase that I've continued to hear over and over again, two words, uh, and it's it's a word it's a phrase that's actually used in some form or fashion several times throughout the whole Bible. But God, mm. yeah. And so that moment where it seems like we're at the end. We're up against the ropes, and there is no other hope or possibility of yeah. escape but God. Well, and I'm sure that's the way Esther felt when she Mordecai sends her this decree, a decree which apparently in that Persian Empire could not be erased. Like once it was in, it was in stone. Like here you go, yep. this is happening. I mean, yep. even even when the king found out about it, he didn't take care. He just said, "Well, you can fight back." You know, like, so I'm yeah. sure when Esther first saw that, it looked pretty hopeless, yeah. right? Like, what am I going to do, you know, if I, if I show myself to the king and he's not wanting to see me and doesn't extend that gold scepter, I'm dead meat. I'm dead meat. But what Mordecai is making the point of, and I think this is a great faith point and, you know, we always have to take the moments. It's not like we try to import ourselves in the story, but like, okay, I mean, like, of so many stories in the Old Testament, like this one is just so intriguing. It just draws us in. We're like, mm-hmm. oh. but at the end of the day, we have to ask, okay, so what is being communicated yeah. here? Why is it here? Yeah, why is that yeah. there? And I, I think that that's a great point because Mordecai is saying to Esther, here's the deal. Um, you can go and exhibit faith and go before the king and try to save your people. And die, um, or you know what the other option is? You're gonna die. Yeah. So you know, I I certainly don't think we can always just, especially in, in our Western American culture. Um, you know, I know a lot of people for a long time have said, you know, like, yeah, oh, you're not gonna have to worry about dying for your faith or really taking a big stand for your faith. And I'm just like, you know what? I feel like we're getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to that. You know, I don't, I'm not saying that tomorrow you're going to wake up and, and you're going to be in a position where you right. might die for your faith, but like the reality is closer than I, than it well, has been for a long time. Well, we're already to the point where depending on what you're making a stand on, you could be facing vocational death. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, you could be... Reputation to... Reputation... To death. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you may, you may still be Influence alive, but... Influence and right. reputation. You're and, risking and, a lot. And, and, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so I think it's just a great moment there when Mordecai says that, you know, like, you, you, you can do what you're going to do, Esther. Um, but he's basically saying, you know, to exhibit faith, the outcome is kind of the same either way. So wouldn't you rather stand in your faith and right. stand on your faith right. rather than, like, just cowering and... and because, yeah. you know, okay, two options here. Um, potential death on one hand, certain, certain death, death on the other. Right. It's like, well, you know what? I Potential death does sound <laughs> yeah. a whole lot nicer yeah. than certain, yeah. absolute yeah. 100%. When put up death. against that, yeah. Yes, and I think sometimes we have to weigh those things, you know, when it comes to the expression of our faith is like, here's the option. Um so you don't stand on your faith and don't stand for your faith and don't stand for anything. Um, and you just kind of, you stand for, for nothing and, and you're, yeah. you're, you lose your faith influence. You lose any credibility you have. Or on the other hand, you, you take a stand for your faith on what you think is right, morally right. You stand on your principles and you face a loss of your reputation. And, and it's like, okay, so... <laughs> Kind of, kind of not be, yeah. or or even uh, face physical death or spiritual. Um, yeah, temporal. Yeah, or eternity. And you this know, is like, like I think we have to be really real. It's not like I'm trying I'm trying to say, hey, pick the lesser of two evils. No, like one of these is really evil. The other one is not. Right. And like you said, temporally, temporarily, it may be bad. Yeah. But it is not like you said. Um, physical death, bad. Yeah. Um, eternal separation. Really bad. Re from God, really, really yeah. bad. That's I not mean, a place you want to be. Not at <laughs> all. You know, that's why Paul, I think, a lot of times, especially says in his letters, is like, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. Or not really just Paul, but all those guys, in, in especially the early part of the church, were kind of like, okay, you understand that we're going to experience some suffering and some trials yeah. and some difficulties and some problems right now. And that's what Paul says. And now I'm verging on Paul. And he says, but that that suffering is light and momentary. Pales in comparison. Pales in yeah. comparison to all of eternity. Yeah. And again, the, the reality is the options are either your physical death or, like you said, your, your eternal right. and spiritual death. Right. You know, and we just, I think we have a hard time, A, even in the church grasping hold of that. But certainly B, I think the world at large is like not even thinking on that plane. Right. Um, and it's not like we go running out to people and be like, do you want to die physically or eternally? Like, I, I'm not sure there's a really great way to frame, <laughs> frame things, but like I think there are ways to get in that conversation and really have people begin to think about the ramifications right. of what they do. Um, so... Yeah, what's what's it to gain the whole world and lose your soul, right? Absolutely, it's the same thing. That's what Jesus yeah. says. It's what's, that's yeah. kind of the, the path we're on right now, what we're talking about. Um, and so, you know, just that, that line again, you go back to it, is who knows that you have been chosen and placed here for just a time. time. And again, now we on this side of everything and this side of, uh, of, of the story and this side of Christ and reading the Bible, you know, it's like we know it's going to be. But she didn't. She had no she clue. She had no what idea what the outcome's gonna be. But she stood in faith. Yeah. And she and it's like I say, it's just so interesting to me, like all these stories that we're talking about, uh, how they all have the same ring to them of 
it, again, the, the whole point of the volume we're talking about is perfect timing. Yeah. Every one of these stories are just an element of yeah. like, oh, just so happened. Oh, that's coincidence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. At the last, no, and, at the midnight and you hour. think of like. Or the 11th hour. How she even got to that point. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure that would have been on her mind when he said, maybe you've been put here for such a time as this. I mean, she's a Jewish orphan. Yeah. Who happened to win a beauty contest. No business being in <laughs> exactly. the highest place of the Persian exactly. Empire, but and, she is. You know, and we, when we think of, you know, they searched the kingdom for, it was a vast kingdom. There were a lot of a lot people of, they went through. A lot of players, a lot, yeah. a lot of Every region contestants in that beauty pageant. Yeah. And he just, he falls in love with her. Yeah. But like, isn't that just like God though? Mm. I mean, I was, again, I'm, I'm kind of a week ahead here and I'm talking about, I'm looking at Nehemiah. And where does Nehemiah find himself? You remember the story? He finds himself in the Persian Empire. Cupbearer to, yeah, to the king, Artaxerxes. That's a pretty high position, by the way. That's not just... Which is Xerxes' son, correct? Xerxes' son. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'll, I'll say this this way. Most of us think when we're talking about being a cupbearer, the servant the king is Kool-Aid. It, it's so much more than that. That's yeah. a high position of influence. But you just kind of start tracing the steps back and you're like, oh, Nehemiah was pretty high up in the yeah. court and in, in the palace. Oh, oh, Esther was pretty high in the palace. Oh, Daniel was pretty high in the palace. Oh, 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 oh by the way, uh, so were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, oh by, uh, by the way, Joseph was really high in the posi- in, in a position. In, yeah. in a, it's just like, does it just seem like that's a little too coincidental? Well, and I think, you know, we, we talk about why is Esther in that, in the book? Why is it in the Bible? Mm-hmm. And through all of that, you're seeing God's plan for redemption. You yeah. know, we're seeing that little short glimpse of God's sovereignty, but it's just part of that larger view of Jesus is coming. And nothing, nothing that comes along is going to keep him from coming. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I it's think just like, and, cool... I'm, and I'm convinced, and we've talked about this a little bit this week, and just me preparing is like Esther is a thread that continues beyond us, or she continues into Nehemiah. And yeah. I think she even has some connections and some things and some pull that she has to be able to get Nehemiah where he's at. But, but all of them, all the stories are, are this, and especially all these stories we've been talking about are God places people where he wants them. Mm. And again, it's not like you're always going to end up in the palace. But wherever he has placed you, he's placed you there for a specific reason. Right. Figure out what the purpose is yeah. and live out. God didn't just take a song and go, like I really All right, truly, I think that works. Yeah, oh, well, that, that's good. You know, like, I really believe there is a reason that I'm in Connorsville, Indiana. Yeah. You know, and some days it's easier to see that. And some days it's really hard. Some days like, you're like, really God, like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Like, what's going on here? I don't feel like I'm making any sort of difference yeah. in anything that's going on here. Um, but again, it goes back to the story of Daniel. It's like Daniel, we sometimes think of as like heroic. Like he was just for over 70 years of his life, very faithful. Yeah. That has a massive impact. Just sometimes the longevity of being somewhere yeah. is like, wow, that speaks volumes yeah. as well. So, you know, I think, again, so much to take away from the story of Esther. But we've talked about some of these things today that I think are really important that we pull out of the story and say, these mean a lot for our yeah. life yeah. today. Um, so the question have, would be, where has God placed you, right? Exactly. And, Wait, and not only that, I would say along with that, going back to our original point, the faith and action of two plus one. Mm. No, I'm not going to do the jump this time. 
is where has God placed you and where has God asked you to exercise faith? Mm. Yeah. That's a really tough question because I believe you're probably... Going to or you're not. Exactly. Most people are watching today are like, I know what God's calling yeah. me to, but I'm just not sure if I want to do it or yeah. not. That's the choice you have to make. Yeah. Esther made it. Do, do we make it? And again, not all the stories are like Esther and like Esther made that call and it worked out. It doesn't always work out really well, you know? But the call is not for us to be right and for us to always experience success. The mm -hmm. call is for us to be obedient. faithful and yeah. obedient and trusting yeah. in all things. And so we hope that is helpful to you. Um, I just realized that like, I'm coming over here and I'm just going off to the side of the screen. So hopefully that's okay. We've got a good graphic area. Yeah. <laughs> hope that's helpful to you to really think through what it means um, and how important it is for us to be faithful. And not just faithful, but like there's a really important word there too, action. Mm. You got to take uh, Yeah, some you can you say you're faithful all you want. Take action. What are you going to do with it? What are you yeah. going to do with it? Yeah. And so that'll carry over next week as we talk about our boy Nehemiah. That's a guy who took action. Holy cow, what a story that is. Yeah. And really next week, we've kind of talked about this, that will kind of end our, and Nehemiah really is the end of kind of the Old Testament. That's post-exile. Yeah, yeah. That's it. We're going to go it's into a little of, bit of Isaiah for a A little bit weeks, of Isaiah, but. kind of do a little bit of a detour path there. That, that will still certainly be Old Testament, but really for all intents and purposes, we've come to the end of the Old Testament. So yeah. if you've been with us and watched many of these episodes, kudos to you. You've made yeah. it through yeah. uh, the Old Testament and it really was a super great journey. I yeah. would do it all over yeah. again in a heartbeat. Yeah, same here. Um, and so it's been fun, but uh, we like to say, hope you continue to join us, that you join us next week and beyond. Um, as we always say, at any time you're, Welcome to join in. Join physically here if you yeah. don't have a church to go Share to. Share this video. As we go through um, this Bible journey or join us via video. Uh, if you have somewhere else that you call home church, but you're like, hey, I'd like to get a little bit more out of my faith, then hopefully you catch a little nugget here and yeah. there. We're not saying we that We can be supplemental. Yes. <laughs> we're okay being supplements. So uh, with all that being said, guys, again, thankful and grateful that you would be here with us today. And we will see you next time. See you guys.